So here he is, the great actor, the great public speaker, the basketball savant and guru, the man who knows it all about the association. It's the great Bill Horenda. What's up, Bill? Dave, always great to be with you on Sunday evenings. It wouldn't be the same if we weren't in this convivial atmosphere breaking down the NBA. <laughs> well, let's start with Luke Walton here. Remember, he, he retires from the NBA. He gets a job as an assistant with the Warriors. Uh, Steve Kerr ha- has the back issues, and he does a great job, uh, You know, has a tremendous record to coaching the Warriors in his absence. He parlays that into the Lakers' job where it doesn't work out for him. Gets the job hired by Vlade Divac to coach the Sacramento Kings. And then we learned this morning, after a 6-11 and start, Luke Walton is no longer the coach of the Sacramento Kings. Well, this is no surprise, Dave. If you look at the Kings' resume, I mean, they've lost seven of eight. They went one and three on a recent four-game road trip. All of those opponents were under 500, and they lose to Toronto and Utah, respectively, in back-to-back fashion. 12th place in the Western Conference. Of course, if the season ended today, they would not be in the playoffs. Uh, 0-10 when trailing after three quarters. And in the bottom five, in opponent points off turnovers, opponent paint, uh, paint points, and bottom third in defensive rating. So this is a very complicated scenario for the Kings, and it's not going to change simply with the dismissal of Luke Walton. And uh, I think the writing might have been kind of on the wall for Luke when Vlade Divac uh, was let go as the uh, general manager who hired him. And that's usually not a good sign for a coach when a new GM comes in and the team's not winning. Right. And, and when you look at it from this perspective, the Kings are – the last time they were in the playoffs, the iPhone had yet to be released. <laughs> and they've had 10-plus coaches since Rick Adelman. There's been more rotation in the coach's office than on the floor. and. Let's take a look, Dave. This is a partial list. Giannis Antetokounmpo, Steph Curry, Damian Lillard, Luka Doncic, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, Fred Van Vliet, who no one drafted, Pascal Siakam. What do they all have in common? These are players that Sacramento passed on in the draft. So for a small market team, it is vital to draft well. Now, Monty McNair, the new regime, they've done well with that. Davion Mitchell and Tyrese Halliburton of late. But it's hard to, to shift uh, in a hurry. Now, I'll add this caveat. There are turnaround stories abounding. Phoenix made it to the finals two years prior. They won 19 games. Milwaukee's the reigning champion. They're a small market team. The Knicks snapped a seven-year playoff drought, making the playoffs. Atlanta went to the Eastern Conference Finals last season. I look at Washington and Chicago this season. But it takes talent. And so much of the NBA is not all of it, but so much of it is, are my top three better than your top three? And most nights for Sacramento, the answer is no. Now, much can be made up for that with energy, effort, and execution, and it's going to be up to someone else. I know it's Alvin Gentry, the interim uh, coach, to get this thing turned around, but uh, it's not all Luke Walton here, uh, and there's a pretty decent core in Sacramento. I like some of their players. But again, on most nights, they're at a talent deficit, let's face it. Well, I think you and I both agree. They had their coach. They had a winner. They had a guy who's gone on to do great things in the NBA and Mike Malone. They never should have let him go. I think that was a big mistake that the franchise hasn't recovered from. Exactly, Dave. And I had a short stint uh, that season working on the Sacramento Kings pre- and post-game show as well as uh, some of the other magazine shows. And Malone, obviously, uh, everyone in the league knew he was highly coveted as a head coach. 
And that dismissal was ill-timed. He had a great relationship with a very mercurial DeMarcus Cousins. Rudy Gay was in the mix at the time, and they were really poised uh, to be a playoff contender. But that was a premature move, and we see what Malone has done in Denver. And again, really, ownership in Sacramento under Vivek Ranadive, as long as with the new management and whoever the new coach is going to be, has really got to get this thing together because the fans up there deserve a playoff team. Uh, De'Aaron Fox is a good young point guard. You know, you look at Harrison Barnes and Rashawn Holmes uh, are both good players. But now how they bungled the Marvin Bagley situation, uh, you know, listen, this is a franchise that desperately needs to get better defensively. And I'm not sure they have enough to get Daryl Morey's attention for Ben Simmons. But think about Simmons in Sacramento and the difference, the 180 difference between the media in Philadelphia versus uh, California State Capitol. And I know Fox is a great player, but you have to give to get. And I just think that Simmons would be a really good fit there. I'm not sure that that's going to happen. But, uh, again, it's a franchise that uh, has really had a lot of uh, unfortunate occurrences, a lot of this self-inflicted. As Michael Malone says, you can't beat yourself and your opponent on the floor. And Sacramento's done a lot of things that has really hurt the franchise that are what you would call, right, on the floor, you'd call them unforced turnovers occurring off the floor. You know, I watched Marvin Bagley play a lot when he was in high school, you know, out in uh, my hometown of Chatsworth. He went to Sierra Canyon High School, uh, Bill Horrendon. Nice kid, got to know him a little bit. Uh, I thought he was going to be a really, really good NBA player. Uh, do you think the coaching change might make any difference here in Sacramento, or um, is it to a point here where they're going to have to trade him? Who knows, Dave? It's really that's a great question, and you hope for the kid that he finds it somewhere. Uh, and it may take a change of scenery to get that done, but it's been difficult because, you know, he's played the last couple of nights, but, you know, it's hard for other GMs to kind of gauge where he's at. So I would think that he would get more minutes under Alvin Gentry just to simply give the league a glimpse of what, what he's capable of. Uh, and, of course, uh, you know, we can get into here a, a litany of potential t- coaching candidates because this is an opportunity for Sacramento to get the coaching part right with the GM. They've had this history of hiring coaches before GMs. And, uh, again, another thing, really, that you've got to admit is if you didn't think Luke Walton was the guy, couldn't could you have not made this move over the off se- during the offseason? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Uh, it's another head-scratcher. Bill Horrenda on the Progressive Insurance guest line. Join in Dave Smith right here at Sports Ramp Radio and SportsRampRadio.com. Talking NBA. Well, the Lakers all year long have been absolutely horrible defensively. They gave up another 130 the other night to the Boston Celtics in another miserable defensive performance. They can't stay in front of anybody. I, I, I think LeBron, I, I think uh, as great as he still is, Bill, guys are taking him off the dribble and getting to the hoop. Russell Westbrook, wow, you might as well call him El Matador now, the way he can't guard anybody. The whole team is terrible defensively now, Bill. What, what do you do to change this? difficult it's a conundrum and really you know when you think about lebron coming off an abdominal injury that's a tough injury it is. and think about staying in front of your opponent i mean so much of that is dependent upon your core strength so he'll never admit it but that is a layer of difficulty that i'm sure he's dealing with and the other thing is that 
your defense is in peril when you're getting beat off the dribble, of course. And, you know, you have more rotations. You have to switch more because you can't really fight over stuff if, if there are multiple blow-bys. And the irony here is that this is a team that has been really good defensively. They led the league in defensive rating last year. I, I think what Vogel has got to do is really uh, take a deep breath here and focus upon, you know, now, you know, Detroit tonight, LeBron gets ejected on this road trip. Uh, they've got the Knicks and Pacers, which will not be easy games at the Garden, and the Pacers are playing a bit better. Then you come home for Sacramento and Detroit, and then you go up to Sacramento. So it's one of those deals where you have to kind of rely upon your uh, – corporate knowledge and experience, Dave, of trying to turn this thing around, but trying to do it literally one possession at a time. And I think from the Lakers' perspective, too, it's just important to recognize that we're in still in November and there's a lot of basketball yet to be played, a lot of time for them to get it right. But it's certainly like LeBron said the other night. It's, it's, it's concerning, and you need to have that urgency uh, each time you take the floor, just paraphr- paraphrasing what he said the other evening. Well, Bill, you and me, uh, we, we solved this problem a few weeks ago talking about this. We put on our general manager's hats uh, to help get, get the Lakers a little younger and a lot better defensively. Uh, tomorrow morning, I would offer Russell Westbrook straight up for Ben Simmons. Uh, the salaries match. Yeah, I, I understand all the problems with Ben and his shooting. Uh, Westbrook isn't a great shooter either, but, I mean, you're getting eight years younger at 25 years old. You're getting a guy who's first team all defense. You're getting a guy who was an all-star last year. And, uh, I think in order to fix the shooting, it's just going to take pure hard work. Uh, and I think that's an organizational thing, and that's a Ben Simmons thing. I'd make that trade in a heartbeat. Now, now would the 76ers make that deal? Yeah, I'm not sure that they would, Dave. And, and you make a good point on paper, and uh, you, know, you make a very cogent uh, argument to make that deal. The one thing from the Lakers' perspective that would, would give me pause as well as just, just Simmons and where he's at from a confidence standpoint too, uh, is something that uh, you'd like to gauge as best as possible. Because I think uh, there, there are question marks around anyone's game. I don't care who you are. You know, maybe there are fewer if, it's, if you're talking Giannis, Durant, and Curry, right? Uh, but for most players, you still have question marks about their game and about chemistry. And the LeBron injury scenario is something to keep a really close eye on. Because if he's going to be out uh, as he's been, uh, I get your argument and your logic for Simmons, but there may be uh, an opportunity as well for Westbrook uh, to really step up in LeBron's actions. Now, ideally, you've got LeBron healthy and you can see what you've got here. But I understand your point, but I'm not, I'm not sure I'd pull the trigger on that just yet. I love what Magic Johnson said the other day. He said uh... – if Ben Simmons were on his team, whether it be the Lakers or if he were running an organization, he said, uh, I'd move Ben Simmons into my house over the summer. Uh, we'd get up early in the morning and go to the gym, and we'd shoot for about four or five hours a day. Then we'd play pickup games against NBA players. And every time he had an open three and didn't shoot it, I'd make him run suicides. We'd do it all summer, all day, every day. I think that's exactly what he needs. You and I would never run a suicide, Dave, because yeah. we've never seen a three that we didn't like. But that's great. And I mean, listen, we can go on and on about players like Magic himself, uh, the Jason Kidd, that have developed uh, their three-point shot during the course of their career that didn't enter the league with it. And it's pure skill development and something that 
uh, he could certainly add to his game because, you know, you see it all the time. If you watch, uh, for example, hearkening back to Sacramento, people are defending De'Aaron Fox by going under the pick and roll. And he's got the three-point shot, uh, and that's something that he needs to develop. And until you prove that you can make that shot, uh, you're easier to defend. And certainly in Simmons's case, uh, that is you know, a high-profile fact that is not lost on NBA coaches and scouting reports. And I, it's something that I definitely believe he can overcome, and uh, Magic is on the right track. He's got the right idea for sure. Hey, great stuff, Bill. I know you're headed out to LAX and getting on a birdie here in a couple of minutes, so I appreciate you taking the time here and talk some NBA with us. Of course, Dave. My pleasure. A little college work, and uh, you know how it goes. Uh, can't be a prophet in your own land. Got to get out of town. <laughs> There he goes, the great one. Bill Horrenda talking NBA with Dave Smith right here at SportsCraft Radio and SportsCraftRadio.com.